Welcome to the revolution. Hello, and welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams, and thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate it. We're going to jump right into it. We have some very interesting articles that we're going to discuss from current events, and then we are going to talk all about the topic of the week, which this week is going to be the education system and the industrialization of the education system more primarily. So we're going to go back and talk about actually when the modern American education system came to be what it is today, how it came to be what it is today, who the money was provided by through the general education board for it to become what it is today, which is an industrialized factory pushing out children and literally programming you to become a conformist and somebody who is passive and somebody who is non-creative and a factory worker, just as the man who funded it himself said. So we will discuss that. Before we discuss that, though, we are also going to discuss the satanic performance during the Grammys by performer Sam Smith. All right, Sam Smith performed his hit song, Unholy, right? Starting off to a good start there. Unholy in a satanic outfit with uh, women in bondage all around him, with flames all around him. And uh, yeah. And then immediately after that, there's a certain company that was promoting this and sponsoring this show, which is hilarious. And we will talk about who that was once we get into it. After that, we're also going to discuss the Pentagon coming out and saying that, (laughs) talking about the Chinese spy balloons, which is Probably, if nothing else, just great comedy. I cannot believe that this the white balloon floating through the sky became the, the biggest hit story for how many days? <laughs> and we'll talk about what my thoughts are on that and why I think it was just a huge distraction for something else that was bigger going on. Uh, so we'll talk about what that is. And then we are also going to discuss the controversy that is surrounding the very new Harry Potter game. Now, I, for one, am stoked about this game. I read my daughter, Harry Potter, every single night. I love J.K. Rowling. I posted about her last week. I really appreciate her opinions on the uh, current events that are going on surrounding the trans movement and some things like that that she's spoken out on uh, protecting actual women's rights. So there's been some controversy surrounding that. We'll talk about why. But just know this, J.K. Rowling is on the good side. She is on the good side. And there's not too many of us, right? Especially when it comes to, you know, authors and generally creative people in the the large spotlight of the world. So holding down the fort, J.K. Rowling, I appreciate you. All right. Then, like I said, we're going to jump into our main topic of the week, which is all going to be about how the education system is just indoctrinating your children and turning them into factory workers and how that started, who funded it why, and how to correct it for you and your family moving forward. So without further ado, let's jump into it. But first things first, I need you to hit that subscribe button. If you're new here, I appreciate you so much from the bottom of my heart. I love you. Thank you for listening. If you're already here around with me every single week, I love you too. Thank you. I appreciate you. I love these conversations with you guys. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you are already subscribed, leave a five-star review and tell me why you love the podcast. Tell me your favorite episode. Tell me something we should talk about, whatever it is. Tell me a guest that I should have on the show, which is the direction that we're moving here shortly, um, as we will be adding in additional shows with interviews. So tell me who that is um, or who you think I should have on the show. But anyways, 
leave a review. Then head over to the Substack, redpillrevolution.substack.com. You will be able to get a free podcast companion every single week directly through your email, which will include all of the links, all of the articles that are discussed here. It will also include all of the subtopic videos, the full video podcast, the podcast directly to your email every week. And it's free, if you can imagine. Last week, I released three different articles that we wrote um, surrounding the topics that we were talking about that week. So I'll have an article out this week about J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter's video game and the controversy around that. We will have an article out about the spy balloons, and then we will have an article out as well about Sam Smith at the Grammys. So, And then obviously, we're going to be writing and putting stuff out about the education system. So at least three, maybe four articles this week directly to your inbox on top of the podcast companion. So what the hell are you doing if you are not subscribed? What are you doing? Just head over there right now, redpillrevolution.substack.com and follow us on uh, social media at Red Pill Revolt. All right. That's all I got. Go ahead and subscribe. Five-star review. Love you. Let's jump in to it. Welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Red Pill Revolution started out with me realizing everything that I knew, everything that I believed, everything I interpret about my life is through the lens of the information I was spoon-fed as a child. Religion, politics, history, conspiracies, Hollywood, medicine, money, food, all of it. Everything we know was tactfully written to influence your decisions and your view on reality by those in power. Now, I'm on a mission. A mission to retrain and re-educate myself, to find the true reality of what is behind that curtain. And I'm taking your ass with me. Welcome to the revolution. All right, all right, all right. In my best Matthew McConaughey impression, the very first thing we're going to talk about today is Sam Smith's Grammy performance where he was dressed as the devil on primetime television with women around him dancing in what appeared to be bondage materials with flames all around them (laughs) in primetime television. Right, children watching this, and uh, in, in one of the most celebrated Hollywood events. Right now, you have people out there like Alex Jones who have been talking about Hollywood being satanic, calling them satanists for decades. And everybody, for how long, has pointed to Alex Jones and called him a conspiracy theorist. And all of a sudden, it's just rubbed in our face constantly. From the artwork that was on the wall of Freaky Friday Mom's uh, business meeting office that we talked about last week, to Sam Smith's Grammy performance, to basically everything that comes out of Hollywood from the the cosmetic lines of the Kardashians to... uh, there's basically nothing that you can point to that is not satanic at this point in Hollywood. That's an exaggeration, but this is probably one of the most egregious ones. So we're there's a lot, a lot of pushback on this, and let's find out why. So this article comes from Yahoo News, and it says, did we really need a satanic bondage show at the Grammys? And this, again, comes from Yahoo News, which is kind of surprising to me because Yahoo News is primarily left-leaning, and even they're critiquing this. 
All right, so it goes on to say that, want to know why so many people are giving up on mainstream pop culture? Take a look at Sam Smith and Kim Petra's performance of their hit song, Unholy, at the Grammy Awards on Sunday night. In case you missed it, Variety described the performance as including Petra's dancing in a cage, flanked by some dominatrices wearing satanic headgear. Smith also donned a satanic top hat as huge flames heated up the stage. You know, wholesome family entertainment. Uh, now, it looks totally possible for a mature adult to watch this and see it for what it is, an aggressive reach for attention through controversy, right? And and that's what some people have done as like a defense to this, right? When it came to Balenciaga, when it came to even this, you'll see a lot of people are just saying, oh, it's just they're, they're trying to push controversy. Well, here's the thing about that, right? When we're talking about people's religions, when we're talking about like the actual good versus evil, like maybe this isn't the time when Balenciaga is literally subtweeting pedophilia and satanic ritualistic, I don't know, endeavors through their ad campaigns. And then Jamie Lee Curtis gets called out for having a, a, a pedophilia based artwork on her wall. And then uh, you know, all the, all of these things, all of these things that are happening simultaneously over the last, I don't know, two to three years, maybe now's not the time to have a satanic ritual on stage during the Grammys. That's all I'm saying. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a better time for that. And maybe it's not immediately after Balenciaga, Jamie Lee Curtis, and all of these people, Epstein, like maybe now is not the time right? Maybe there's a better time for that. Or maybe there's no reason for it at all when you're pushing it during mainstream hours, right? You have children watching the Grammys. It's the Grammys. It's like literally like going to watch American Idol. And then all of a sudden they're pushing Satanism down your throat. And everybody's acting like Satanism isn't an actual thing, right? I watched something on Joe Rogan. I was watching the a recent Joe Rogan episode where it was, ah, oh gosh, what's the guy's name? Let me see if I can find it. The guy was on Joe Rogan and he was talking about how ridiculous it is that the the right takes the idea that there's Satanists within high up political positions and within Hollywood and all of these things seriously, right? Like Kyle Kulinski, Kyle Kulinski, which wasn't, you know, wasn't, wasn't the most crazy positions that he held during this. And I would be happy to speak with him. Um, but his position was this. He he went on to Joe Rogan and said something along the lines of the fact that there's real conspiracies out there, right? There's things like Epstein Island are real, but things like the Q conspiracy, which yes, there's definitely some crazy, weird, unrealistic, bizarre, and far-reaching positions within the Q movement. But one of them that he called out specifically was that there is uh, satanic rituals happening in high up positions of Hollywood and government political positions, right? He, he alluded to the idea that, oh, that's just a conspiracy and everybody wants to call them out. But, you know, Joe Rogan has talked about this specifically, that there's actually things going on like Bohemian Grove, where you have people who are in high political positions, who are in, who are multi-billionaires, who all meet each other at a certain little club in California and burn effigies that are supposed to be child sacrifices to a owl god at Bohemian Grove, which again, going back to Alex Jones, he actually went and did undercover work to be there during one of these and saw the whole thing go down. This is real. 
right? Now, he talked about the Comet ping pong pizza thing and like Pizzagate and all of that and how crazy that is. And maybe, maybe so. Maybe that's crazy. But you cannot tell me that there is not Satanists riddled within high political and positions within high uh, societal positions like Hollywood, like music, like politics. You cannot tell me that that is not a thing. It's already been proven in places like Bohemian Grove. And then these things just compound on top of it, right? So when we see people like Bill Clinton riding on Epstein's plane, to go to Epstein Island, Bill Gates being best friends, it seems like, with Epstein during all of this, right? All of these people having their own islands, and then you look at the, the altars sitting on the top of Epstein Island. You cannot tell me that there is not a deeper issue going on there at all that is not motivated in some sort of anti-Christianity, uh, anti anti-God, satanic ritualistic thing going on there that is self-admitted in B the Bohemian Grove situation. We already know that to be true. So it's frustrating to me that everybody is still trying to say that you're crazy for saying that these things exist. If you tell me that I'm crazy for believing that Christians exist, everybody would look at you and go, yeah, you're dumb. And, but you tell people that there's actual Satanists in high positions in politics or, or even that they just exist in general and people all of a sudden think you're a wild conspiracy theorist. It's like, no, there is a good and there is an evil. There is a light and there is a dark. It, it's a real thing, guys. Okay. Now, that kind of goes back to the music conversation here, right? The conversation here is that maybe this was a cry for attention. Maybe this was a cry for controversy. Maybe they wanted to get more eyes on the Grammys because nobody gives a shit about it at all anymore. Nobody watches the Grammys, at least not that I know. Nobody, nobody cares about any of these shows anymore. They're completely irrelevant. So maybe it is a cry for attention. And all publicity is good publicity, even if it is satanic, right? Maybe that's the case. But maybe now is not the time to do that with all of these things coming out like Balenciaga and all of these other campaigns that have been rearing their ugly heads during this time, right? So there's my thought on that. All right. It moves on to say that this, um, it says that there was the 1980s satanic panic when politicians' wives were able to get congressional hearings held to tackle the supposed scourge of heavy metal bands that seemed harmlessly campy with the passage of time. And last night's Satan bondage show reminded me of that onion headline from 22 years ago. Marilyn Manson now goes door to door trying to shock people. <laughs> but even if you see the satanic shtick, as more schlocky than disturbing. It's hard to make the case that images of women grinding in cages are appropriate for network television on a Sunday night during prime time, a time when the broadest audience available, including children, are watching. Again, we are talking about the Grammy Awards, mainstream pop music's Oscars, which aired on CBS from 8 p.m. Now, one thing about it, too, is CBS before the show said, ready, what did they say? They said in a tweet, ready, to worship. CBS, the same CBS that you watched Arthur on, pretty sure that was CBS, the same CBS that you throw on kids' cartoons is saying, ready to worship the devil with Sam, Her Sam Smith at the Grammy Awards. Now, to piggyback off of that and make things even worse, on the transition out of the performance, the very next thing that pops on the screen with flames in the background is sponsored by none other than Pfizer. Who would have thought? 
<laughs> you cannot write this. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? If I was if I was sponsoring, you know how much that ad position costs? Do you know how much Pfizer paid out to have that specific position during the Grammy Awards? On the backs of a satanic ritual music performance that was going on, whether it was for shock factor or if it was really what happened. Now, some people are also showing and talking about the 2,000 plus people that died from an earthquake the day following. Now, I'm not saying anything about that, but it's an interesting coincidence. Um, but what in the world, right? So... Um, this is not, it goes on to say, this is not to say art shouldn't be provocative. Petrus, whose past hits include Treat Me Like a Slut during her acceptance speech after winning the Grammy Best Pop Duo performance for Unholy, proclaimed that she was the first transition or transgender woman to win the award and later backstage explained that she grew up wondering about religion and wanted to be a part of it, but slowly realizing it didn't want me to be a part of it. So it's a take on not being able to choose religion and not being able to live the way that people might want you to live because as a trans person, I'm already not kind of wanted in religion. So we were doing a take on that and I was kind of Hellkeeper Kim. What kind of bullshit response is that? That's the best you got for that? Like, oh, I'm trans. That was literally her response is, well, don't be mad at me. I'm trans. What a perfect response. What, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, this says, willing adults can watch this if they want, but last night's TV audience didn't buy a ticket for this. Indeed, on a show intended for general audiences, it was meant to provoke, to push boundaries, and very possibly designed to offend a good portion of the audience. At least 30, 40% of the audience is somebody not far left liberal, which the fact that you even have to say that, like the idea that being uh, associated with trans or the left is inherently makes you much closer to being on the side of the satanic ritualistic performance is kind of comical, right? And I don't think that very many people would agree with that, that are on the left that would like this to be happening. Like, I, I don't think that's, but the mainstream is trying to say that, right? Anyways. All right. Let's go ahead and read on. It goes on to say, all right. And when you're sticking your finger in the eye of millions of people, it's really hard to argue with those saying that Hollywood produces a mainstream popular culture that is openly intolerant of their values. It's also hard to tell them they're wrong and intolerant if you would prefer to check out, unplug the TV, and homeschool your kids. Which we'll get to at the end of this. Choice is a two-way street, and many are making the informed choice to tune out while they still can. I may be attuned to this, more attuned to this than some. Almost every Sunday, my wife and I sit back at the pew of a conservative church, about once a month, the pastor preaches about how bad things are in America and how our culture is so debauched and depraved. Um, so this must be a very opinionated piece from Yahoo that nobody approved because they would never let somebody who goes to church be a part of Yahoo. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Uh, and then they have the actual performance here. Let's see if we can see the last minute or so 30 seconds or not or not all right um moving on moving on all right the next thing that we're going to discuss here is going to be and i'd be interested to see your guys's thoughts do you think that they were being real do you think that it was all a ploy for controversy i don't know either way 
do better. That's like, that's so like campy is the right term. Like just cheap, cheap. If that's what you're doing for controversy, right? That's like, you can just maybe be better at singing and writing songs. You don't have to do satanic stuff to get people's attention. All right. Now, the next thing discussed here is that the, the so if you had been under a rock over the last week, there was a big white balloon floating over the United States for days. And allegedly, it was a Chinese spy balloon. Now, if you were to engineer a Chinese spy balloon, a spy balloon, why would you make it white? <laughs> why? Why is the first color that comes to mind in the sky going to be like they just didn't expect there to be clear skies? I don't know. But it was so easy to see. It looked like like there was everybody who was zooming in on this this spy balloon thought it was they're like, there's the moon. And what the hell is that? Right. If if you're truly spending billions of dollars to spy on the United States, I don't think you're doing it by painting a white balloon and then sending it across the country at 14 miles an hour. <laughs> it seems like if China already has all of the information they ever need, you know what they needed to do? Even if they're flying over Montana for the, the nuke bases that are there or whatever's going on there that they were trying to gather data and intel for. You know what they had to do? They had to go to TikTok and they had to flip. You know what? They didn't even have to flip a switch. What is this, 1980? They had to search in the search bar, Montana nuke site, military personnel. And then they would have had a list of every single person ever, and they would have all been actively scrolling TikTok, talking about everything they would ever have wanted to know. Why in the hell would China need a spy balloon of all things <laughs> in 20, 2023 to spy on the United States? This seems so comical that they captivated the entire country with this and still managed somehow to make Biden look even more incompetent than he already was in week. But the fact that this balloon floated over the United States at four miles an hour with some type of solar panels underneath it for days, days, and we're expected to believe that that was some type of spy balloon? To me, there's absolutely more going on here, whether it was something to divert the public's attention away from other things that were going on, you know, like Pfizer being tried for crimes against humanity simultaneously, mm, maybe that, which I think uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene brought up within some of the hearings that were going on during that time, uh, how there was like ungodly amounts of money that were being funneled out of the COVID relief sacks going to, you know, a, a, all types of horrible things. Um, so I, I, I don't see how it wasn't a diversion. If it was, it worked. And the fact that our, the American attention span, it's like, Oh, a balloon. There must be nothing else going around. That's worthy of news at this time. <laughs> Like, that's the best that they had to divert our attention. And it worked, right? Like, how is the Why? Why are we so easily fooled, right? What? And if that was true, how? Like, there's one of two options here. Option one is that we were truly, truly captivated by a balloon with no other information besides just the fact that there was a balloon. It would have been better if it was like a balloon with like the Chinese flag on it that said like, 
fuck you, United States or something. <laughs> that would have been far more entertaining. Like that would have caught my attention better, at least have some good comedy involved. Uh, but it was just a white balloon and just everybody stopped to see what was going on. And somehow we knew it was Chinese before the Chinese even agreed with us. Um, I heard some people saying potentially maybe it was diversion or, or it was some type of test to see if they floated these balloons across the United States simultaneously and like launched EMP attacks. They wanted to test the waters to see how capable we were of tracking them and finding them and how far into the U.S. they would get. Maybe. Maybe. But I also think that that like just the fact that news companies picked this up so quickly, social media picked this up so quickly, it just seems bizarre to me. Seems bizarre. I don't know. Again, I'd be interested to see what your guys' thoughts are. I do not see how this balloon was the best way that China was going to surveil the United States. I, I don't buy it. They already have assets in every single military installation. They have them at every top university. They have every single person, including mine... Their phone bugged right now to where they're listening to this conversation of me making fun of them, right? They can hear everything. They know everything. They can look at pictures of my dick on my phone or something. I don't know, right? They, they, they know everything about you. They know everything you're saying when you're saying it. Why the hell anybody at all would believe they need to float a big white balloon over the United States to actually get any information that they needed is just puzzling and comical to me, Right? Now, I put something out there that was a little Babylon Bee-esque, <laughs> which was like, it's my take because the Babylon Bee missed on this one. They could have done better. So I put my own out there, um, but which was that uh, military too, too busy paying attention to completely harmless TikTok app to notice Chinese spy balloon, which is like kind of a double hit, right? Like the fact that we're going to all sit and complain about China spying on us with this balloon. Yet every single one of you is sitting there with TikTok on your phone right now, right? Almost everybody. If you don't and you're still holding on TikTok, one of two things. You're either over 60, 50, maybe, maybe 45. And if you're under that and you don't got it, you're lame. You got to have TikTok. Even if you're showing them off, you know, all your pictures, all your life, telling them everything, you know, holding out, holding out. So just, just give your, give your life over to China. They already, they already have everybody else's information. They might as well own you too. Right. So I, I just, okay. So here's the next thing that came up as a result of this. The Pentagon came out and said they did not detect previous Chinese spy balloons. Right. So, so the Biden administration came out and tried to say that during the Trump administration, there was at least three times that Chinese spy balloons flew over the United States. Um, which then Trump denied, right? And that was after a top U.S. general said that the Pentagon did not detect them. But there were the Biden administration was trying to say, well, well, it wasn't just us. Trump had two of these or three of these balloons too, right? Which is like just he said, she said hilarity. Now it goes on to said that we did not detect any of those threats. Um, the intel community after the fact, I believe, as has been briefed already, assessed those threats from additional means of collection and made us aware of these balloons that were previously approaching North America or transited North America. President Biden ordered the latest Chinese surveillance balloon, which spent days in U.S. airspace, to be shot down off the coast of South Carolina on Saturday. I highly doubt he had anything to do with that. But the U.S. is currently trying to recover the debris, hoping to gain intelligence from the wreckage. 
After a senior, and this article is coming from The Hill, um, after a senior defense official said over the weekend that the U.S. was aware of at least three different times such balloons flew over the U.S. during the Trump administration, the former president and his intelligence officials came out to deny the claim. Now, they are putting out that the balloon was put up by China during the Trump administration in order to take the heat off the slow-moving Biden fools, Trump said in a post on Truth Social. China has had too much respect for Trump for this to have happened, and it never did. Just fake disinformation. The clash between the Biden administration and Trump and his former officials prompted Rep, uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene to call for a probe into why Trump was not made aware of the balloons during his presidency if they were detected. If it's true the Pentagon purposefully did not tell Trump of Chinese spy balloons during his administration, then we had a serious breach of command during the Trump administration, she said on Twitter. Senior administration officials cited Sunday in Bloomberg reporting said that the U.S. didn't learn about the previous balloons until after Trump had left the Oval Office. It is unclear how the Biden administration learned about the previous flights. All right. That's my take on the freaking spy balloon. <laughs> Like there's 007, there's, you know, like, and then there's the Chinese white spy balloon. Like the, the, this just shows you how, how far the U S has fallen. And then last but not least in the current events train here is going to be that J K Rowling and the Harry Potter video game are taking heat for seemingly no reason at all. Okay, J.K. Rowling wrote the Harry Potter series, and I put out a, a, a post a couple days ago, a few days ago now, um, talking about how J.K. Rowling has been vehemently posting about how she is against the movement of men wearing wigs, pretending to be women, and moving into female spaces under the guise of being trans. Okay, she has been very public in her her disavowing of this movement of calling out the people that were allowed to be moved into jail cells who were like actual six foot four murderers going into jail with women like because they were calling themselves trans and wearing a wig. So she's been very, very public about this. And, and, and thankfully, we. There's, there's actually some people with the balls to do this that are have this big of a platform because she's taken a ton of heat for it, right? And now here's, the, here's what's going on with it. It says, why is Hogwarts Legacy, a Harry Potter video game, so controversial, right? Now, the, 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 the cliff notes of this is going to be that she doesn't agree with the trans agenda and she believes this in encroachment on feminine spaces and on femininity as a whole. Right, men putting on a wig, saying they feel like a woman, wearing makeup, watching some YouTube contouring classes, and then all of a sudden going to pee in a woman's bathroom as a result. She doesn't agree with it. Okay. So now everybody's calling for boycotts of the Harry Potter game. And like everybody's like from Twitter perspective, and all of these like people trying to review Harry Potter are like towing the line, but also really pissed that this video game is just crushing it. It's a sweet looking video game. I can't wait to play it. Um, and I haven't played video games in quite a while. Uh, but this one is one that I will almost go out and buy a new gaming system just to be able to play. It looks incredible. So it's a role-playing game of Harry Potter. You start out as if you are a new, well, not a new student, a fifth-year student at Hogwarts, and then you go through and, and you can create your character. You can go on missions. You get it's, It looks amazing. And 
like for all of us that grew up on Harry Potter, like this is a dream come true that you have something like this incredible technology, like the, the, the picture that I'm looking at of Harry flying a hippogriff right now, which is like a eagle mixed with a horse. If you don't know the Harry Potter series, just looks unbelievable. Like it looks beautiful. All right. And now they're calling for people to boycott it over her position on trans ideology. Now, here's what I have to say, just as like a meta point over all of this, is that I just got done. I've been on a little bit of a fiction kick recently. I haven't read very much fiction in my life at all. So I'm going back and reading like all the OG stuff, right? Like I, I the first this started a little bit. Well, I would actually say it started with fairy tale. Um, I just start. I just finished probably a month ago, uh, Stephen King's new book that was the number one book of 2022, which was Fairy Tale, which is an incredible, incredible book. I would highly recommend you go read it. It's a bit thick. It's like 700 pages. It was a bit thick for me to read for my very first fiction book in probably 10 years, um, but it was very good. Captivated my attention. It's an incredible story, beautifully written, like so much, like it's it's great. I would highly, highly recommend it. Fairy Tale by Stephen King. Go check it out. Um, literally if you have a, a library card and, and just go buy it from Amazon anyways, cause it's like 15 bucks. Um, but here's the deal. I don't agree with the things that Stephen King said about politics. I don't agree with his positions on politics. I don't, he, he's constantly calling out the right. He's, he's very liberal in his ideology. He does not agree with the second amendment. I could give two shits what Stephen King thinks about politics. You know what? He's an incredible writer. And I don't care what he thinks about politics. He's an amazing artist. And regardless of his political stance, just like I, I would be friends with anybody who's on the, any side of the spectrum, right? I don't think that you need to condemn somebody's life work because they disagree with you politically. Then that, that literally means that you're going to take 50%, 50% of the, maybe not 50% of the artists, just with the way that personality traits lie when it comes to being leaning left or being right, but a good portion of the talented people in the world. And if you're on the right and you have a problem with artists who are left-leaning, then you literally are like out of 75% of the conversations when it actually comes to enjoying art, enjoying music, enjoying Hollywood, like Hollywood movies. Like you're just out of the conversation in the whole. So like maybe in part, this is just like self-preservation in, in my appreciation of art in this lifetime. But I, I just don't see how you can take somebody's political opinion and, and just completely discount their life's work and, and, and discount something that they, this universe that they built beautifully and incredibly over how much of their their life that you like made my childhood at points it was probably one it was the only fiction books i really read growing up that i was just like really remember reading i read almost i read all the harry potter books my grandma gave them to me every year that they came out and i read them every year i loved harry potter loved all the movies Right. And and if it was Stephen King that wrote it, I would still enjoy it. And if the game was badass and looked like this, I would still play it. I don't care about you. That's like that's the difference to me between the left and the right. Is that the left is going to like and, and maybe that's a powerful thing for the left, at least. Maybe that's something that you can give them. Is like, man, they're really sticking by it. If you're not going to go play this sick Harry Potter game because she spoke out against women being or men being allowed in women's prisons after they murdered people, like that's your position, then, you know, you're pretty, you're sticking to your guns pretty hard because I'll, I would still play this game for sure. Right. So let, let's read this article. We'll see what the actual 
This is coming from Polygon. Not sure what the hell that website is, um, but let's read it. It says, Hogwarts Legacy, on the face of it, should have been a pure wish fulfillment for millions of fans who have been enchanted by the lore of Harry Potter's world over the last 25 years. In the video game launching next week, players will live the life of mystery and adventure that comes with being a student at pop culture's foremost school of witchcraft and wizardry. Still, Hogwarts Legacy and the Harry Potter franchise trouble many fans for reasons outside the video game story or context. Why is that? We'll now go further behind the Wizarding World curtains to explain the controversy. Uh, the game, which was announced at PlayStation's State of Play event in September 2020, Hogwarts Legacy is an open-world action RPG adventure in which the player enrolls in Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Uh, the player character is user-generated. However, they're a fifth-year stu fifth student, so they'll begin this, the game with some advanced magical aptitude. Why is the game controversial? Mainly because the public stances that author and series creator J.K. Rowling has chosen to take regarding gender identity going back to 2018. Her views came into full display in the summer of 2020 at the time Scotland, Rowling as a resident of Edinburgh, writing most of Harry Potter series there, was considering changing its laws to allow individuals to change the gender assigned in their birth certificates without a medical diagnosis. After a couple of years of coy social media gestures and replies on the subject on June 10th of 2020, Rowling published a confrontational 3,600-word essay on her personal website spelling out her views on gender identity, her skepticism of transgender-inclusive laws and policies, and the new trans activism. Rowling invoked her own survival of domestic abuse and sexual assault, while also raising a discredited hypothetical about male a discredited hypothetical about male sexual predators being allowed into restrooms for girls and women as long as they identify as one. There's nothing hypothetical about that. There's literally countless articles out there of people, predators. There's literally a school where they silenced the girl and their parents for talking about this boy that was coming into the women's locker room and, and preying on women. Like, I'm pretty sure raped them in this locker room. And then they were the school was standing up for the man, the boy, who was identifying as a girl and literally raped these girls. And, and like, that's not a, a discredited hypothetical to say that this is happening. Like, if you are a predator, why would you not do that? It's literally a backdoor, like, workaround loophole to being able to be a fucking creep. And all you have to do is throw a wig on it and nobody gets to say anything to you? Like, that. Yeah, not a discredited hypothetical. Anyways, since the June 2020 editorial, Rowling has continued to engage with the subject of transgender identity from the same point of view. Her crime trouble or crime crime novel, it's the wine, Troubled Blood, also published in 2020 under the gnome de plume, Robert Galbraith. Well, that was pretty good. Huh? Um, tells the story of a serial killer who dresses as a woman when he carries out his murders. LGBTQ plus advocacy organizations condemned it and Rowling's other writings as harmful and suborning the harm and discrimination of transgender persons, although some of Rowling's celebrity colleagues publicly came to her defense. Um, is she developing it? Reportedly not. Immediately after Hogwarts Legacy Worldwide revealed in September 2020, publishers Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment posted a frequently asked questions that distanced the project from Rowling. Hogwarts Legacy is not a new story from Rowling. Um, adding that Rowling is not directly involved in the creation of the game. All right, it says, obviously, however, it is built on the Harry Potter canos and concepts that Rowling had, has developed since the book Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, which was published in 1997. Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment put its Utah-based studio Avalanche Software on Hogwarts Legacy. 
WBIE acquired Avalanche, who cares? All this said, Rawlings inevitably benefits from the publication and sale of Hogwarts. Like, yeah, of course, whether that's in the form of royalties, a specific payment to adapt to her work. Who cares? Who cares? Um, yeah, who cares? Yes, she's involved. She literally created this entire universe in her head, along with all of the characters, all of the games, all of the spells, the entire school that you're going to, all of it. And if you care to put a political statement down to not play it, she does not give a flying shit, as she said on Twitter. Um, literally actually said that on Twitter. I'll, I'll read you verbatim. She said, uh, you're not required to buy it. As she, oh, she retweeted this from Solomon Rushdie. Um, you're not required to buy it. The truth is the truth, whether you buy it or not. The planet is round even if you don't buy that and insist it's flat. But I'm, it's the, whoever tweeted that or retweeted somebody talking about it um, deleted this. So I can't tell what the context of that was. But it seems to be about the video game. I would assume it is. Um, but another tweet by J.K. Rowling said, I don't know about you, but excluding women from women's prisons just because they've got penises, male pattern baldness, and have committed a couple rapes seems awfully turfy to me. <laughs> and that was a response to, does Scotland's first prime minister believe all trans women are women? Uh yeah, because they recently in Scotland said that men could not go live in women's prisons just because they think they're a girl. So anyways, let's go back and see if there's anything of merit on this. Here's something that Jesse Earl said. No idea who that is, but don't really care. Um, any support of the Harry Potter franchise current? projects while J.K. Rowling is in charge of it and using her ongoing platform to target and also justify her continued targeting of trans people is harmful to trans people. I will not begrudge anyone their love of past works or things they've already owned that they take comfort in. I own the first nine movies and all seven books myself, but any support of something like Hogwarts Legacy is harmful. It's so harmful to say that men who raped women should not be in prison with women. Um, and then J.K. Rowling said, deeply disappointed, Jesse Granger, doesn't realize pure think is incompatible with owning anything connected with me in any form. The true righteous wouldn't just burn their books and movies, but the lo local library, anything with an owl on it and their own pet dogs do better. Um, way to go, J.K. Rowling. Um, yeah, so uh, it's the fact that they're like trying to say that you should just outright not play this game at all to me is like comical. Like I said, I read Stephen King's book. I, I think that you should go read Stephen King's book, regardless of his political opinion. It's a phenomenal book. Harry Potter is a phenomenal, apparently a video game now. Uh, it's phenomenal books. Who cares about their political ideology? You should appreciate good art, regardless of what they think. And, and in a world where, you know, like 50 years ago, you would have never even known these things to begin with. So like, who cares? Go read Stephen King. Go read J.K. Rowling. Who cares? Appreciate good art and art for what it is. And, and if you don't agree with their political opinions, then don't follow them on Twitter. Who gives a shit? Right? Those are my thoughts. All right. And last but not least, the very last thing we're going to discuss is going to be the American education system. All right. Now, We'll see how long we get into this because I have a, quite the lengthy article here that we're going to read through, which goes into all of it, the history, who funded it, all of it. But before I do that, the first thing I need you to do is if you didn't listen to me the first time, I'm just going to assume you like, you know, 
I don't know. Your, your earbuds fell out while you were cleaning your house. You fell out of your car for 15 to 20 seconds, jumped up, opened the door and got back in there and just so happened to miss the first part where I asked you to subscribe. But if you could and you didn't already, please hit that subscribe button. I would appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. I truly would. If you are already subscribed, please leave a five-star review and then go sign up for the Substack. All right, here's the deal with the Substack and here's why I'm pushing this so heavily and here's why I'm going to be putting out so much more content there. The Substack is the only place that I have a direct connection with you. Okay, nobody's taking away my Substack. Nobody's taking away the email list that I download a CSV file of. Nobody. I will always have access to your email. As we've seen in the past, I've just gotten back my social media platforms. I completely got banned off of TikTok for no reason other than these types of conversations that I'm having here, which are not crazy. Uh, the only way that I have a direct connection with you is directly through email. So if you are not on the email list, you're going to miss out. There might be one thing that I say that I post on social media and you never see me again. That's all it takes. But if you are on the Substack, you will not miss out. You will always be getting the podcast companions, the articles directly from me. Okay. So go sign up redpillrevolution.substack.com. It is free. I am not charging you anything for that. Okay. As soon as I'm done here shooting this, I'm going to edit this down, post it tomorrow morning. It is now 11 o'clock at night. I will have this up and ready for you guys by 6 a.m. And then Tomorrow, by the end of the day, I will have the Substack ready for you. And I'll have three to four articles written about all of these things. All right. So go sign up. It is free. It does not cost you anything. And let's keep in touch. Even if for some silly reason I get shadow banned or banned completely off of social media, we'll always be there for each other. Aww. <laughs> so redpillrevolution.substack.com. Go sign up. It's free. All right. That's all I got. Oh, and if you want to be a paid subscriber, you can do so. You can do it two different ways. You can either subscribe at the very bottom. It says something like, here's a paywall. There's nothing below it. All right, guys, I tell you every time there's nothing below that paywall. All I'm doing is giving you a, like a virtual hug if you want to be a part of it. I will eventually start adding in paid content, but for now, I just want to give you guys everything. Um, there's nothing below the paywall, but there is the appreciation of my warmest heartfelt appreciations. All right, so... But eventually, we will be doing something with that. So for now, it's free. Go ahead and sign up. All right. Now, moving on. Here we go. This is an article that was written up by thesouljam.com. All right. Now, I've been diving into this for a pretty long time. Now, the, the reason that I'm going into this today is because I believe wholeheartedly in the idea of educating your children, right? I believe that as a society, as a whole, we have been abdicating far too much of the responsibility of raising our children to corporations, governmental entities, and screens, okay? That's what we've been doing. And we've been doing it in the name of like easier, like, like just go away from me, right? It's easier if your kid goes off to school every day and you don't have to deal with them. It's easier if you turn on a TV and the first thing in the morning when they wake up so you don't have to deal with them. It's easier if you, you know, X, Y, and Z, in, in, fill it in. Every single thing that we do today in the modern society is for the ease of the parents and the, the lack of the child, right? So in school is one of the biggest ones of that. My children that are of school age are all homeschooled by my wife. Okay, we sat down, we figured up a figured out a curriculum. This is not something that I'm just talking about and as a hypothetical. I live this every day. Okay, and it's not easy to homeschool your children. It is not easy. 
But you know what else is not easy is knowing that your child is being indoctrinated in the school system that doesn't align with your belief systems. Is also knowing that your child is being indoctrinated in a school system that there's 25 other children in the room where your child's getting very little, if any, attention, and you could give them the same amount of quality of education, if not far greater, in a fraction amount of the time. And all we're doing with public schools is literally just pushing our children into a glorified daycare. Okay. Especially in an age where technology gives you the ability to educate yourself better than you can go online right now and take free Harvard courses. No problem. You can go online to YouTube right now and go find the single best person. And it's already curated for you. YouTube's already done all the legwork. They found the single best person at teaching you something. And in the most engaging and entertaining way, you can go find it. Search literally anything and you'll be able to find it. It's all done for you. That's how easy our lives are. But we've forgotten that. We're so far from that now that just because we have access to the information, we're still shoving our children off to schools just because it's easier. So there's my preempt. Let's read this article. It says the ugly truth about the education system that you were never told. A quote by Albert Einstein says, education is not the learning of facts, but the training of minds to think. And Albert Einstein said, ever since I've gotten deeper in, and this is an article written by, um, again, the soul giant. Um, it says, ever since I've gotten deeper into spirituality, meditation, and metaphysics, a lot of my views on a variety of subjects have changed dramatically. But something that hasn't changed since the time I was a kid is my views on the education system. We usually think of schools as environments to stimulate learning, but it ironically manages to stifle the innate curiosity and the eagerness to learn that are present in all of us as children. It promotes mindless conformity and conveniently ignores the fact that we are all unique individuals with different talents, inclinations, and aspirations. Schools curtail independent thinking and puts all of us through standardized tests and sees it as a good indicator to determine someone's level of intelligence. The system frankly never made sense to me, and I would often sit in class and wonder how most of what I was taught in class would have any real-life application. But upon exploring the origins of the current education system, it has finally started to make perfect sense. And I have discovered that it is serving the very purpose it was designed to accomplish. What if I told you that it was never meant to, to uh, meant for the objective of the current education system to nurture learning, curiosity, critical thinking, and creativity in students, but in fact to do quite the opposite? In this post, I'd like to share with you a compilation of writings that reveal the veracity of the above statements by uncovering the startling origins and purpose of the education system. The factory model of education... Um, the famous author and futurist Alwyn Toffler describes the origins of the current education system in his 1970s book, Future Shock, which goes on to say, pause for wine, which goes on to say, the American, the American education system, education system, as well as the system practiced here in India and around the world, was actually copied from the 18th century Prussian model designed to create docile subjects and factory workers. Mass education was the indigenous or the ingenious machine constructed by industrialism to produce the kind of adults it needed. How to pre-adapt children for a new world, a world of repetitive indoor toil, smoke, noise, machines, crowded living conditions, collective discipline, in a world in which time was to be regulated not by the cycle of the sun and the moon, but by the factory whistle and the clock. The solution was an education system that, in its very structure, simulated this new world. This new system did not emerge instantly. Even today, it remains throwback elements from pre-industrial society. 
Yet the whole idea of assembling masses of students to be processed by teachers in a centrally located school was a stroke of industrial genius. The whole administration hierarchy of education as it grew up followed the model of the industrial bureaucracy. The very organization of knowledge into permanent disciplines was grounded on industrial assumptions. Children's, children's marched from place to place and sat in assigned stations. Bells rang to announce changes of time. The inner life of the school became an anticipatory mirror, a perfect introduction to industrial society. The most criticized feature of education today, the regimentation, lack of individualization, the rigid systems of seating, grouping, grading, and marking, the authoritarian rule of the teacher, are precisely those that made mass public education so effective an instrument of adaptation for its place and time. Built on the factory model, mass education taught basic reading, writing, and arithmetic, a bit of history and other subjects, the overt curriculum. Beneath it was the covert curriculum that was far more basic. It consisted of three courses, punctuality, obedience, and repetitive work. The basic training requirements to produce reliable, productive factory workers. Factory labor demanded workers who would take orders from a management hierarchy without questioning. And it demanded men and women prepared to slave away at machines or in offices, performing brutally repetitive tasks. And that was a paraphrased article from Alan Toffler's Future Shock book. All right. So now what we go on to find was that the model that was modeled off of the Prussian model of the 18th century was implemented by none other than the Rockefeller family. John D. Rockefeller implemented using $129 million the General Education Board and provided major funding for schools across the nation and was very influential in shaping the school systems. He didn't exactly conceal his interest and motive in being actively involved in promoting the widespread adaptation of the education system and once stated, and I quote, I don't want a nation of thinkers. I want a nation of workers. Frederick T. Gates, a prominent member of the General Education Board, also stated, we shall not try to make these people or any of their children into philosophers or men of learning or men of science. We have not to raise up from among them authors, editors, poets, or men of letters. We shall not search for embryo, great artists, painters, musicians, nor lawyers, doctors, preachers, politicians, statements of whom we have an ample supply. There are even reports that Rockefeller and industrial giant Andrew Carnegie played a significant role to influence the American education agenda to direct what students were taught in school. In 1914, the National Education Association, alarmed by the activity of the Carnegie and Rockefeller Foundation, stated in their annual meeting, we view with alarm the activity of the Carnegie and Rockefeller Foundations, agencies not in any way responsible to the people in their efforts to control the policies of our state education institutions. To fashion after their contraception, conception, <laughs> to factor after their conception, and to standardize our courses of study, and to surround the institutions with conditions which menace true academic freedom and defeat the primary purpose of democracy as heretofore preserved and violate in our common schools, normal schools, and universities. So, very interesting. It goes on to say that don't miss how one man brainwashed humanity to be mindless consumers, which was an excerpt from a brief history of education published in Psychology Today by research professor Peter Gray. 
So what we find there is the John, the, the Rockefeller Foundation implemented the General Education Board. And the General Education Board, the idea, and, and, and we talked about this when we almost go back to our very first episode, right? Um, in sas- assassinations, um, go, go back to the very first episode and we find out that during the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, the, the whole movement away from allopathic medicine or towards allopathic medicine from osteopathic and homeopathic medicine was all because of the Rockefeller Foundation. They pumped money in and, and made certifications and basically pushed out anybody that didn't align with the allopathic way of medicine. The allopathic way of medicine being the fact that your body has nothing to do with what's fighting the diseases, and all you need is our pharmaceuticals, and that makes a much more profitable model, right? So it was about structuring the way of education and medical pharmaceuticals in a way that allowed them to profit from it and and to profit from you being a worker, not by you being a good thinker, right? So what this article goes on to say from Psychology Today um, says, if we want to understand why standard schools are what they are, we have to abandon the idea that they are products of logical necessity or scientific insight. They are, instead, products of history. Schooling, as it exists today, only makes sense if we view it from a historical perspective. The idea and practice of universal, compulsory public education developed gradually in Europe from the early 16th century on into the 19th century. It was an idea that had many supporters who all had their own agendas concerning the lessons that children should learn. Employers in the industry saw schooling as a way to create better workers. To them, the most crucial lessons were punctuality, following directions, tolerance for long hours of tedious work, and a minimal ability to read and write. So, you guys can read more into that. But, but here's my position on all of it. <clears throat> we're, we're in a position now as a society where, where we can gain control, right? We, we have such an ease of access to information, such an ease of access to education, you don't need a school system. You don't need to go to public school to, to learn how to do math. You can find a hundred TikTok channels that'll teach you in a in hundred million times more interesting ways how to do basic math. You can learn history by going to the history channel and watching a hundred documentaries and learning 10 times more than you're going to learn from some boring ass history professor who forgot everything from college and just is pushing papers at you so they can make an income. Everybody has the one, one teacher that they remember. Everybody, shout out Mr. Perry. <laughs> Everybody has the one teacher that they remember that actually cared about their students, that actually cared about their education, right? And you remember them for a reason, right? You remember the impact that they made because they actually cared. But 90% of the teachers that you had didn't give a shit and probably don't remember you, right? And so once we realize that we are so far gone from the times where the 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 school library held the information and, and the, the universities were able to gatekeep knowledge. We're so far away from that. And there's far more information out there that you can leverage the technology that we have to move away from where you're, you have to be like my, my sister goes to a university and she's taking a basic composition class and every single assignment that she's done. Every single paper that she's written has been interwoven in the fabric of indoctrination towards liberal ideology. And I talk with her about it almost every time I see her. She has to write a paper about why pronouns are a good thing. She has to write a paper about uh, why um, anti-racism is, is, is good for society, right? The idea of like white uh, guilt, 
right? Like all of these things that she has to write papers on to learn how to, I don't know, have proper grammar and write a paper. I like, I don't buy the idea that I have to wholeheartedly buy into your political ideology to learn how to write a paper, right? It's, it's just horseshit. It's a way for you to pay money into the education system for them to teach your child things and indoctrinate them the way that they want to push their political ideologies. Right. And, and, and so what, and so what this alludes you to know too, is that that's, that's the fundamentals of education. The fundamentals of education that lie in the idea that you have to follow their thought processes. Because if you think of education as a whole, right, you think of a baby, just like a computer, right. Or, 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 a. uh, system like an application that you're trying to program, right? You're, you're programming a child on how to think, right? The framework of structuring of thought is what you're teaching a child from the time you take them at literally four years old, five years old, you're putting them in a full-time job. This is one of the biggest reasons me and my wife decided to homeschool our children. There is no reason that my child needs a literal eight to 4 PM job Monday through Friday. There's no reason that my child needs that. I make enough money, thankfully, that my wife can stay home and teach my children. And if you don't have that, I get it, right? But you should strive for that independence and freedom, right? You should strive for that for your family. And so, and if your wife doesn't want to do that, that's fine too. That's cool. But for me, that's important, right? I can give my wife and my children the ability to be around each other. And my child does not have to go get a full-time job to learn how to write English, my child does not have to get a full-time job eight to four every single day, Monday through Friday to learn how to read. No, there's hundreds of things that you can utilize. There's books. I have hundreds of books in my home right now that my child can use to learn how to read. There's however many applications on an iPad that is specifically built for your child to learn how to read, to learn how to do math, to learn how to write, right? All of these tools are out there. Yet the reason that we as a country, as, as a society, as a culture are not utilizing them is because we've been so ourselves indoctrinated into the idea that you turn five, you go to school. Now, as a parent, you can throw your hands up. Your job's easier, right? But what you're missing by that is you are no longer the driver of your child's programming. How many articles, how many times have we seen teachers who have, who have been caught with far more explicit things than what we're talking about here, but even just pushing bad thoughts, right? Pushing bad ideology, pushing, you know, the, the LGBTQ stuff within a, a fifth, fourth, third, first grade class. There's no reason for that. You don't need to teach my child about sexuality. You don't need to teach, which is inherently from the root word of sex, right? You don't need to teach my child that, right? But by abdicating the responsibility of that eight to four time frame every single day, you give them the right to do so. So here's my thought is why not take that power back? Why not realize that it is easier now than ever to take control of your child's education, to take control of your child's programming, because that is what is happening is the programming. When you're teaching a child math, when you're teaching them science, when you're teaching them the scientific method, you're teaching them how to think. You're teaching them the framework of thought with math. It's the same reason the Gates Foundation was pushing hundreds of millions of dollars trying to confuse your children with common core. For what? You think Bill Gates gives a shit about how your child divides 16 by 70? Right? Like, he doesn't care. 
You know what he does want to do? He wants to program the way that your child's underlying programming and thought processes work for the remainder of their life, right? That is why he's pushing hundreds of millions of dollars in the common core math. He wants to muddy up the waters of what's going on between your ears, your child's ears, right? And you're allowing it. We're allowing it because we want to make our lives easier. Homeschooling is easier than ever. There's so many resources, so many resources that you can utilize to teach your child and not give the, the ability for the state to literally program your child into a walking, talking factory worker from the rest of their lives. It's just so wild to me. It's so wild that that's how it goes. Like five years old, five years old, you're going to send your child to school, nine to five. Eight to four, right? Like a full-time job at four years old. And you wonder why your kid's crabby and you have troubles with them at night and they're acting up at school is because you want them to sit their butt in the chair all day when they should be running outside in the grass and playing. That's what your child should be doing. Not sitting there trying to learn Bill Gates' common core. So... It's a really interesting topic that I want to dive deeper into. I'm going to be finding somebody that I can pull into this conversation that knows far more about it than I do. But I do think that there's a really interesting conversation around the Prussian model um, about how the uh, Rockefeller Foundation pushed $129 million into formulating our current structure for school systems. Right, even if it's just the the alarms of the factory, right? The bell. There's literally a bell in schools. It's so crazy. So, anyways, that's my thoughts, guys. We'll be diving deeper into that later. But I just I wanted to throw that topic out to you. I'm I'm st I'm still researching it myself. But I'm gonna get somebody on here that we can talk to and and discuss it further. That's more well versed on the topic than I am. But in the meantime, I'm gonna be finding some books and read more about it, and then we'll have more conversations. But. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. I hope you have a wonderful week. Subscribe, leave a five-star review, redpillrevolution.substack.com. And as always, have a great week. Thank you.